This is the MFG Cast. Hey guys, it's Kurt here. And this is D.Y. as always. And we are here for another phantasmal episode. Phantasmal. Is that a word? I don't know. If it isn't, I made it up. It very well could be. I mean, you want to know something mind-blowing, Kurt? Every word is made up. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Somebody. J.Q. Miriam and... Fred D. Webster made it up. I don't think that's how that goes. Just like I made up their their names. (laughs) (laughs) This episode, we're going to talk a little bit about introducing new games to like gaming groups, different people and stuff like that. It kind of came up in my mind when we were having a game night with my family, and I'll kind of talk about why that came up later. But um, before that, let's talk about what we've been playing recently. I'll actually go first. I was able to play a couple of games. It hasn't been an all-out game fest, but we've been we've been trying to sneak in a few games. Recently, we talked about how much we got in our first game of Spirit Island, me and Mike. Well, we decided to play it again because we were just kind of learning it and didn't really get to the end. But by the time it got to our game cutoff... We usually play from like eight to ten, a good two-hour span. Sometimes it goes a little, a little past, but sometimes we know we're gonna get too close for comfort, and then we just kind of call it quits. So we ended up playing a full game this time, and uh, what I thought was ended up being great, st- great strategy between me and Mike ended up being a lose in the last round <laughs> kind of thing, and it was, it's funny because you know I still like. I will say now that we've played it a couple times now, I really like this game. I really, like, I know what Dan's talking about now. I understand why this is a great co-op game. You, you understand? But it's really but it's really hard, and it's really disappointing when you lose at the very end like that. To win is grand, because <laughs> it's just like, you're, you know, you're like Rocky at the end of every Rocky movie. You know, you're like, yes, I did it. I've climbed that mountain. I've beat that obstacle. But when you lose at the end, it's like, ugh, it's heartbreaking. It is. And what I love, though, is it does give you that, man, we, we fell the people, we fell the land. Like, you really, it's like, I don't know, it's weird. When I lose Pandemic, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Humanity had its spun in the sun, time to call it quits, and I'm okay with it. But, like, when I lose in Spirit Island, I'm like, oh, my God, those poor people. Yeah. Well, it, well, it makes sense because in Pandemic, it's like, okay, we're just human beings that have roles and, you know, we can only do what we can only do because we're human. You're playing spirits. You're playing, like, supernatural beings. You should be able to just annihilate the opposition. And when that doesn't happen, it's like, oh, wow, uh, this is really disappointing. 
By the way, by the way um, this is complete tangent, but can I just share with you one of my grandest joys of a uh, pandemic legacy moment? Sure. Just thinking about the defeats. So you know how like in uh, the legacy, the people can die and stuff like that? A, a friend of mine, when we were playing, he was like, wait a minute. So let me get this straight. My character dies in this city, and that's it. This entire career path is closed forever. Like there's no backup. There's no one else that knows my job. So if I was to go missing... It, it just crumbles. That makes no sense. I'm like, clearly you never worked for the government before because this is the most thematic <laughs> game I've ever played in my life. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but that being said, it's like, no, I, I know what you're saying. Like, And the one thing I do love with the, the Play of Spirit Island is like every time you play, fundamentally not too much is changing, but the amount of pressure mounting on you like I have to save my friend, but I also have to stop these invaders. But I also we only got three more rounds left. Like we got, we got. I don't know what to do, and I like that feel. Yeah, yeah. And the way we lost is because the because the invader cards can't shift over, so you know basically nothing is happening with them. So you lose the game that way. And we had one city left. We actually got down to the bottom of the fear deck, so we actually were at the level three fear and all we needed to do was get rid of the cities and guess what was left one damn city it's really brutal when uh like in the last wave they destroy your presence and now it's out of reach and you're like i can see them i just can't touch them and you're just you know it's gonna happen (laughs) yeah yeah it's crazy it's just like Every, you know, and it's funny too because like we were throwing everything to the wolves. We're like throwing ourselves, like we're the our Dahan. We're just dying left and right. We're like we're we're gonna do this. Everybody's in it. You know, it's like we had our cult following that was gonna you know throw themselves in front of the fire, and you know we did what we could, but we just fell yeah. short. And, and then you get whooped, and you're like, oh well. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But we will come back another day, and we will fight. You know. Maybe as as the same spirits. Maybe as a maybe we'll reincarnate ourselves into other spirits, and we'll we'll find a way to get rid of those darn invaders. Did you try out new spirits, or did you just stick with what was familiar? Between the first game that we did and the second game, we actually used the same spirits because I was like, you know, I told Mike, I said, I think we should try out these same guys because now that we have a little bit of feel about what we need to do, I said, let's just let's start with these guys. And then next time, maybe we can get maybe we can get to something else, and we can you know see what other strategies work with these other guys. Because I didn't want to. I felt like because it was technically only our second game, I didn't want to get into trying to figure out another spirit and be like, okay, now what am I doing? You know? Yeah, it's plus like the, yeah, the time factor too. If you play a familiar spirit, you'll notice a lot of time shaved off your game. Yeah, exactly. Cool, man. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it, and I can't wait to play again. And I know Mike can't either, because you could tell he was just really psyched about it. So so that's cool. Uh, another game we got to play is something that we got sent to us by the always wonderful Jamie Stegmeyer and Stolmeyer Games. We got to play our first ever game of Between Two Castles of Mad King Ludwig, as a lot of people are saying. I always say Ludwig, because that's just me. I would always say that, but everyone else goes, Ludwig, so I have to say it that way, because it just seems fancier, right? Um, I won't, I'm not going to talk about gameplay or anything, because I'm, I'm not going to spoil it, because we're going to do a review here in the near future. But what I will say is that there is a rule in this game about the about what happens at the end that I got stuck with. And it's something very easy, 
and I'm not going to tell you what it is either. I'm going to, I'm just going to leave you all hanging, but like literally I just could not wrap my head, my head around that rule. And I'm glad Mike was around to explain it to me. Otherwise I would have been like, I'm an idiot. I don't know what, why does this say this? It may, it, what it says one thing and then another thing. And they kind of clash to me, but they're, it's, it's so simple. And when I talk about, when we talk about it during the review, then you'll be like, ah, I get why he's an idiot. And you'll, <laughs> you'll figure it out. But, um, but yeah, it was nice to be able to play that play that game, even though I hadn't played uh, either Between Two Cities or Castles of Bag and Ludwig. So um, I'm interested to play a few more games of it and let you know what we think of it. So, um, so how did you like the fact that all the tiles are different rooms, all that there's no dupes? Oh yeah, that's awesome. And then what like I can, I'll talk about this because I like some of the rooms. Like they had the scythe room and the <laughs> game room. I like the game room for sure. I was like, that's cool. I was like, I wish I had that game room. Did they have an upgraded components room and awesome metal coins room? <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. But maybe that's something. Maybe that's something that can happen in the in the expansion. Dude, I'm I'm really hoping that one room has something with Charterstone somewhere. Like, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> torn up cards on the floor or like, you know, an empty sticker sheet, something <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure there's something I didn't, I didn't look at them too distinctly, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so it's like, um, and it was like, it was super awesome that Jamie sent that out to us to like check out for review. And it was funny because when you showed me, you're like, Oh, you know, like, uh, we're going to be able to review this in the near future. I bet you're jealous. I'm like, think I'm jealous. I'll show you. So I went out and bought a copy so, and um, this weekend, come hell or high water, we're getting some gaming in. So I'm going to finally be able to check it out. Uh, I think we're going to be playing at like about five and six players. So it should be pretty fun for the draft. Yeah. And me and me and Mike actually played it at the two player variant. So it'll be interesting to talk about that too, to see if the two player variant, the two player variant holds up because sometimes people make games that are typically games for three or more players. And then they put in the two player variant. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see them. And when you play them, then they're terrible. So it'll be cool to be taught to talk about that too. So yeah, it's kind of like the two player variant is as follows. It's with 80% less fun and you have to run <laughs> these bot decks. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. bleh, and you're like, great. Yeah. One thing, um, I just want to know the two things that I did gleam though that I absolutely love with this game. Granted, unplayed, the great the game trays thing is amazing, and I love that you can just pop the two game trays out of the box, put them on the table. Okay, now we're starting. You know, like everyone grab this, this, and this, and now we're ready. That's awesome. And the other thing I do enjoy is um, the castle meeples for each of the players. Seven different colors. That's fine, but also seven different shapes, so they're all different looking. Which is very reminiscent yeah. of the Between Two yeah. Cities, and I thought yeah, that was really I, cool. I think it should be mandatory that game trays do every single game. I don't care if it's a small card game. I don't care if it's a big Euro. I think game trays should do all of it. Well, for what it's worth, um, I, I recently backed the Reavers of Midgard because I was so happy with Champions of Midgard, and it has a game trays insert at the current backing level. So <laughs> I agree with you. Game trays should be everywhere. So, Dan, what have you been playing lately? So, lately, we have been trying to enjoy whatever little game time we can get. And one of the games we have checked out recently was Gizmos from Steam on Games. It's actually, it's a pretty interesting game. I don't know if I need it in my collection per se, but it has very familiar aspects from a few different games. It has a lot of engine building. 
which is almost reminiscent of like Steamwork and a little bit of Race for the Galaxy with how things chain off of each other. It also has like this energy dispenser, which is like their marbles that you use to help acquire said machines. Like I said, it's fun. It's a quick play. It's a pretty easy setup. It definitely is a, like an accessible game. So, you know, like if you're looking for something a little different, a little engine building, Gizmos is a good fit. I played it twice and now I'm like, I can play this again in a month or so. Like I don't need to play it immediately soon. Howard also allowed me to check out Forbidden Sky. Now you have Forbidden Island and Forbidden uh, Desert, we right? We have Island. We don't have Desert. We've been wanting to get that, but for some reason we haven't gotten our hands on it. All right, so um, so in Des- uh, in Island, you know how you get to the helicopter, like the whole thing is getting to the helicopter with the artifacts to take off? You mean, do you mean get to the chopper? You got to get to the chopper. So in Forbidden Desert, that helicopter crashes, and you go searching throughout the desert for these parts of this airship, and then you escape the desert. Well, in Forbidden Sky, that airship is automated, and it takes you to this like floating citadel. In this one, you're laying out the tiles and discovering the island, so it's a little bit of difference compared to the other games. But what's really interesting is there's like you're trying to put together this launch pad for the ship, but the ship needs to be powered, so you need like these like reactor cores and um, lightning pylons. But the thing is, it's not enough to just have them out. Like, you need to get them all connected. And there's actually these wire bits that you put on top of them that actually have metal lining in them. And when you create a complete circuit to both sides of the ship, it lights up and lets you know it's ready for blast off. Which, in a board game, was probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's so unnecessary and really cool that it, it almost reminds me of, like, Dark Tower from back in the day. It's like, oh, my God, there's a bit that lights up and makes that. Like, if it's spun, it would be even better. Hard as nails. We, like, we are fighting tooth and nail. We got the ship, but we couldn't finish what was needed for the circuit. Like, we needed three lightning rods, um, two small reactors, and a medium, two medium. We only had two lightning rods. I'm like, we can leave. And Howard's like, <laughs> no. No, we can't. I'm like, oh, no. That was really fun. Uh, one other uh, quick one. Actually, two other quick ones, but uh, Spy Club. This game is awesome, and I'm going to really re- recommend it for you and a lot of other people because it's going to make you think it's for kids based on the cover, and it's kind of not. Like, you're old teens, but the concept is it's a co-op game of kind of like group card management. Like, you're all pulling from the same pool of cards, so you don't want to, like, waste things unnecessarily. The cards are double-sided. You're doing actions to move around based on where your cards are and like where your investigation token is. You can actually do trades with other players now because it shows like you're in similar locations. You're trying to like narrow in on clues by doing set collection to find like the culprit of a crime. And what's cool is you don't even know what the crime is yet because you're finding clues. Like something is just off. And as you're getting these clues you're pulling out cards from like a numbered deck. So it's like, oh, after you find your first whatever, pull out like card 112. You pull out 112 and it's like, oh, if the first thing you found was a location, uh, check out this. If you're lo- if the card you found is the suspect and it's A to G, check out this. And if it's H or higher, check out that. So it's like all these variable changes to the game. And I was like, well, how different can it be? Our second game is going in a direction completely different than the game him and his son are playing in game two. 
and like not just why we're doing it but literally the mechanic like the mechanics of the game which is really cool um i'm really tempted to go get this one now but i want to keep playing our series with howard like i want to finish out an entire six chapter run and it's cool because they give you a stack of notepads where if you want to play like not legacy but campaign element you can like keep filling in stuff so it looks great and last but not least discover lands unknown Kurt, you know i was interested in the game and i bought it and we played it and i like it um that being said see even my phone likes it because it just sent me a message that game is awesome so here's what's cool uh inside the game it's like there's 36 different people and you're gonna get like 12 of them but you don't know who you're getting and there's six different trains and you'll get two of them but you don't know which ones and all the stuff like that we ended up getting island and bayous right so i'm like all right well we're gonna have to fight gators somewhere you know this uh that and maybe we get us some shrimp but what was really cool is with everything going on in the game there's a ton of discovery a ton of different elements and not knowing what you're going to find is it's it's really hard to describe this because like i'm not there's no spoilers to give because you're not guaranteed anything but just as an example um i talked to somebody else that also got islands so i was like okay I want to find out how different this is like in your first thing uh you're like on basically a survivor show right and he's like no not at all i'm like what and he's like yeah we actually got shipwrecked and when we set up camp a monster attacked us in the night and now we're trying to find it so i was like that's cool because even if you get the same type you're not guaranteed the same adventure so the whole random generation inside the game does seem really interesting. Um, some of the phrasing of rules is a little weird. Like, I would definitely say when you're playing this game, read the rulebook, play the game, and as soon as something comes up that seems fluky, read the entire rulebook again. Because, like, take for example, there's a rule of, like, master key. So, like, you know how, like, in the old computer games, it's like, um, oh, like... You cannot enter the church. And then like you find a church key and it's like, I wonder what this goes to because the key has a cross on it. And then you go to the church and now you can go inside. This has something like that. But the way it works is like when you have this item, resolve the card as too higher if it says church. What that means is you'll like take the card that you're supposed to. And when you're reading it, it's like, like the rain is thundering down as you approach the steps on this old decrepit church. As soon as you see that word church, you can put that card back and now draw the card that's too higher. So it's like the way it resolves is a little confusing. And our first scenario, we lost twice in a row because of misunderstanding that. And we were like, well, damn it, <laughs> you know? But even with our first scenario, we had two different ways that we were supposed to escape. We died both times. These things happen, you know? <laughs> we are human, and apparently, if we get ripped open or starved to death, we die. So that happens, and that was fun. But yeah, so far, I'm three plays in. I definitely dig it. I like that this exists. I know some people despise it and think that these, like, roguelike board games are the worst idea ever. But I'm kind of happy something like this came out, and... It's pretty fun that we're running around and finding new things. I also got in touch with somebody on like the Board Game Revolution Facebook group. And I'm like, yeah, when we're done Scenario 6, 
if you want to swap, let me know. And the other guy's like, cool, because I'm on scenario three. Like, you know, he's like, maybe like you have to like New Year's or something. I'm like, sounds great. So because we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but like, I'm still kind of confused. Like, what what is the what's the goal of these games? Like, it's just you're you're explorers and you get a scenario each time and you have to go from point A to point B. How does that work? I don't think this is going to be defined as spoilers because you may not come across it. Like our our uh, scenarios are like scenario one and scenario two, and I think scenario five take place on the island. Like the game comes with six scenarios, and then like three, four, and six is going to be in the bayou. Our scenario was you wake up like on the shores of this beautiful island, and it's like a paradise, but you don't belong here, and you just want to get home. Like something happened while you ended up on this island, and you're not sure. And then as we're like, oh, we got to get out of here a speaker comes crackling on and they're like, you know, like, Oh, you know, like, uh, they're going to love you. And, you know, like get out there and show them what you're made of. So we have to like find, um, like landmarks to explore. Like we're trying to get our bearings. And as we find these landmarks, like based on the number of players, it now opens up a, like, it's like, you know what you said, you want to get home here you go. And then a box flips open with like a transponder and then you have to find that icon on the map. So it's like the game has like exploration where you're like going around and trying to discover things. You can craft items, you find resources. Like basically the game comes with like 200 chits or so. And like, say there's like a stack of like 25 different trees. Every time you flip over a part of the map and it shows wood, you put one of those tree tokens there. So when you go there, you might get one wood, you might get two wood, or you might find a creature like hiding in some shrubs. Like nothing is a guarantee in this game. Um, same thing with animals. Like there's animal tracks and you got to go hunting because, you know, you need food. You don't want to die. So like you'll do that. And it's like could be like a boar, could be a poisonous cobra. You know, it's like it's always fun to find out the hard way. You know, I'm always like, I don't think snakes leave tracks. But, you know, it could happen. <laughs> And um, one of the other things I love, though, is, like, the characters, they all have variable powers. I had a preacher who it's like, his two powers was kind of like a blessing, where it's like me or somebody in my space can re-roll one of their dice once per day. And my power was I can spend an action point to bring someone closer to me. And the flavor text is like, have you heard the word of the Lord? So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Kim had a postal worker which I saw in my first game, I'm like, nope, not using this character. No, thank you. I'm like, what do I have to roll to drown myself in the ocean? Because I have that, I'm like, I'm not going to be a postal worker for 12 and a half hours and then come home and be a postal worker. <laughs> Screw that noise. But, um, <laughs> but like the postal worker, because, you know, you deliver exceptionally, uh, you can just trade with another player as a free action up to two spots away and other people can trade with you as a free action up to two spots away. So it's like all these like little variable player powers is pretty awesome. But it's like based on what box you got and like what stack of quest cards, because like the rule books are very good in being vague. And you might get like um, one of the people I talked to, they got the same equipment pack as us, but not the same anything else. So there's like, say, like six different equipment packs and like four different character packs and like all these like random setups like that. So the random generation is big, but 
confined. Like, you know, it's not like there's 5,000 cards. Like, there's 200, but you'll get 50 different ones. Like I said, there's crafting, there's exploring, there's questing, um, co-op style. There is some adversarial elements, apparently, in some of the scenarios. So, all in all, like I said, I'm really pleased with what I got out of this so far. I'm hoping that maybe you guys get a chance to check it out soon. Or... Like if it's if you know if you're not sure if you feel like picking it up, maybe when we're done our sixth scenario, we can send this out to you, and that'll be a cheap justification of like, well, we might as well buy another one. <laughs> I mean, you know, we sent Kurt our copy, so. <laughs> but yeah, it's um like I said, I'm pleased with it so far. It's not like the greatest game I ever played, you know. Like it, it's not like as immersive as like Spirit Island, or it's like you know like as fun as Orleans or anything like that. But it's it's pretty damn cool considering what it is. And the the fun of like all right like you know I made a spear I'll I'm gonna go hunting like I'm gonna you know I'll try to get us some food you just gotta you know go there find stuff like we need medicine like our our guy over here is dying of wounds oh and that's yeah one other thing that makes it fun is player characters get like these dials and if you ever suffer four wound types poison starvation dehydration illness or physical damage you're dead. And um, our first game, like, I got mauled, like, uh, like by a creature, and I died. And Kim's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And then that night, she died of dehydration. <laughs> I like to That's think it's because she cried so much over my death. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, like I said, it's, it's really fun. It's really cool. Uh, before shitting all over it, I would say give the game a try. Like, don't just go dumb that i don't know what i'm getting like actually yeah. give the game a play cool. and see what you think yeah it sounds interesting that's for sure yeah i mean uh it it does it does give me some hopes for like how keyforge will play out too like you know the other like roguelike board game concepts yeah definitely all right well that was a good good little uh now playing spot so let's uh talk about our main topic the reason why i kind of thought about this about this topic about introducing new games to your gaming group or like people and stuff like that is the fact that um we had a game night with my family it was me and tracy and logan and my dad and my sister and my brother-in-law and their their uh daughter and um it's one of those things where they're like okay we're gonna have a we got together for my dad's birthday so like we're gonna have game night okay so we're gonna do you know my dad was gonna do the food my sister was going to bring dessert or something like that. And then uh, the birthday cake. And then they're like, you can bring the games. So we bring games. Uh, how many, how many do we bring? Probably six or seven. Guess how many of those games we played that night, Dan? Absolutely none. One. Absolutely zero. Uh. And it's one of those things where like they, you know, my family knows now that I've been doing this podcast for a very long time. They see me posting stuff on Facebook all the time, you know, and we get all these fun games and, you know, it's nice to be able to just want to pull them out and play them. So I take all the games and I explain what they are. Here's this laid on the table. Here's this laid on the table. And I try to get ones that I know that they're going to want to play because I'm not going to bring out Orleans because I know they don't care about, you know, about <laughs> awesome long play games. You know, I, it's a lot of times I'm bringing out simple things that are just, you know, quick and easy to learn and fun to play. And yet zero interest would, they'd rather just play rummy 500 or dice, which is fine. Cause like, 
that's what I grew up with, you know, cool. You know, if they want to do that, it was my dad's decision too. It was his birthday. But like, if you're going to tell me to bring games and I bring games that I specifically think that you could play that you would like, then maybe we should play those games. I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking out of my ass. Who knows? But still, it's just like, (laughs) you know, it made me think of like, you know, it's sometimes it's a hard thing, even if you know people for years, you know, it's like, obviously, you know, some people, even when they say, let's play a game, that doesn't necessarily put mean we're going to play the game that you brought. Yeah, I mean, um, it it is a rough deal because it's like, all right, you know, it's your dad's birthday. You go like, eh, you know, if, he, if he's not down for it, you get it. But at the same time, it's like when when some people suggest it to you and you bring it, you're like, why the hell did I? Even... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and it, and it makes me think of like, you know, how I'll ask you this question. So like, you know, you, you know, say you get that discovery lands unknown and you're like, <clears throat> like you even had a point where you're like, okay, this might not be as great as Orleans or whatever. And it's weird because when you said that one statement, I'm thinking maybe I don't need to play this game because it was just that little bit of doubt at the end. It's like, and it wasn't that great of a thing, <laughs> but it was like, you know, like, you know, it's not the greatest thing in the world, but you know, it was still fun. And we had a good time, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, what do you do in those situations? You know, it's like, you have these games where you think, oh my gosh, I love this. Who else is going to want to play this with me? You know, it's like, what's your thought process on that? Um, you know what? And it's, and it's kind of funny because like to, to go into like one other quick step, even like for like veteran gamers or people that are big into the hobby, you can still hit that same problem. Like right now, Betrayal Legacy just came out, right? The, uh, I'm sorry, um, to be a little more specific, the betrayal at the house on the hill legacy. You know, and it's funny because it's it's becoming such a mixed bag, right? And I mean this happens with every legacy game. People are like, oh, I don't want to rip up stuff, whatever. But some of the reviews are like, ah, eh, you know, it's just like it's nothing special, it's this, it's that. Friend of mine really wants to do it. And he's like, Yeah, you know what? I want to, I'm gonna get this. Who's on board? You know, it'll probably be about like ten or twelve game sessions and a lot of the game group is like, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I want to get in that. I can't, you know, it doesn't sound that great to me. But I would say, be it for established game groups or for family, part of it is like the pitch. You know, you might have to find, instead of saying like, oh, do you want to play, you know, you want to play this game? Do you want to play that game? Like, maybe like, like say for example, like Sagrada. It's like, you know, like, oh, you know, uh, like you want to play like a dice drafting game? Like when they're like, what do you mean dice drafting? It's like, you're going to roll a whole bunch of dice. You're going to pick some of them. You're going to be, like, trying to do better than other people. You're trying to make something better than everyone else. Like, you know, shove it in there. Like, if people like competitive games, you're like, you're going to pick better dice. You're going to shove it in their faces, and you're going to make something awesome. You can explain the part about the glass and the churches and what the dice is supposed to represent later. You know, but, like, that little pitch. Like, it's kind of like getting that 10 to 15 second ag line as to what the code, like, you know, the, like, not like the code, but, like, almost like a, you know, like that little elevator pitch to get somebody's interest. It's it's not always easy, but yeah. So you know, I think like I think you're a pretty good pitch man when it comes to that kind of stuff. Have you ever 
Like, as soon as, have you done that thing where, like, you talk about a game and you're like, as soon as you start talking, you're like, okay, no matter what I say, I can say this thing is a, this thing, as soon as you open up, it gives you a hundred million dollars. People would still be like, nope, no, don't want any part of this. I want, I want 200 million. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's why it's like, um, I know it sounds weird. Whenever I get asked to bring games to like these types of events, I don't always like, I'll never bring my favorite because I don't want the heartbreak of going like, yep, I lugged this all the way here just to know nobody's in for it. But things like, um, like take for example, like Flashpoint, right? Um, you know, you, like, because uh, I see that on the shelf there behind you. You know, you can always be like, it's like, hey man, you, know, you want to play a game? Like, you know, like we're going to be running and bur- like burning buildings and trying to save people's lives. And they're like, what? And you're like, yep, we're a whole bunch of firefighters. And, uh, you know, we got to try to make sure we get everyone out before the building explodes. And they might be like, that sounds cool. And, you know, and then when that's followed up with like, nah, that sounds stupid, you just go to Colt Express and you're like, what about robbing bank trains and seeing if we can like beat the shit out of each other and throw people off of moving trains and stuff like that. And they're like, what? You know, it's like that one to two line thing, you know, which is kind of funny because like eventually like, you know, people get used to the rhetoric of it too. Because like when I say to Kim, I'm like, hey, how about a battle of the gods? She knows I want to play Santorini. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I, I wonder how people, you know, how some people pitch games and stuff like that. Because, like, I'm sure the f- the first, you know, few people that had tried to pitch, like, Settlers of Catan to people, it's like, what are you doing? Well, we're settling on land. Okay, what else are you doing? Well, we're putting these things out. Oh, okay, but, like, that sounds boring. <laughs> but, no, it's a fun game. It's got tiles. It's awesome. Yeah. How, how do you win? Oh, you got towns. And then if you have roads between the towns, that's good. If you've got a long road, it's even better. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah it, yeah, it definitely is all about delivery. You know, it makes me think of even, like, you know, like, watching reviews, you know. Like, if we do a review or if, like, we watch somebody do a review, you know, if they, if they can't figure out a way to describe it in a way that's interesting, then it's like, you know, within the first couple of seconds, all of a sudden they're turned off and it's like, well, I don't really care because you're not doing a good enough job to, you know, getting me excited about what this game is about, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that, that's a hard thing too, because like if somebody's not a big gamer, like per se, that pitch is even more important and it has to be even faster. Like, you can't give anything about mechanisms. You can't give anything about designers. Like, they don't care about any of that. You know? It's like, oh, like, what is this? Like, oh, well, it's a Michael Kiesling game. And they're just going to be like, oh, fucking whatever. And you're like, <laughs> like, no, no, no. It's really cool. I swear. Like, sometimes, like, uh, I know it sounds weird. Sometimes baiting people into games is a good way, too. Like, you know, for, like, family <laughs> That sounds shows. wrong. Well, it's like, like, take, for example, like, Codenames, right? It's like... You know, if you're like, oh, like you want to play code names, uh, you know what? Uh, I don't know. You're, you're like, you're not good, you're good at like that good at giving clues. Never mind. Like, what do you mean I'm not good at giving clues? It's like, well, you know, it's a game where you want to like really link things, and you know, sometimes you're kind of dumb. It's like bullshit. Set it up. I'll show you how smart I am. And you're like, all right. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do an experiment, and every game I talk to somebody about, that's gonna be my pitch. I'm gonna be like, here we're yeah. playing Spirit Island. We're do, you know, we're doing this thing where we're you know we're playing spirits that, you know, have teamwork against each other. And we're, you know, we're, we're sorry. I just got lost for a second. Cause I was thinking about it, but like, I like teamwork against each yeah, other. Exactly. <laughs> so you're like, yeah. You know, you're playing spirits and you, you're, you know, you're doing co-op and you're trying to, you know, destroy all these guys and stuff like that. But you know, you're not really good at, you know, being a good, uh, 
being a good friend or something like that. I'm just gonna do that every single yeah. time. It's gonna be like, yeah, you're the worst, and see how that goes. You're not a team player. This wouldn't go well. That's right. What do you mean I'm not a team player? I'll team play the shit yeah, exactly. out of you. <laughs> I'll show you. I'm good at looking out for people and caring about people, and if someone says otherwise, I'll punch him in the face. <laughs> But yeah, it's like, I mean, like sometimes out of pressure work. Um, the other thing too is um, if a game has like great bits to it, sometimes just like having them out and like going through them, it's like, oh yeah, I just got this game. I just want to, I just want to make sure everything's inside. And like you start putting down like cool components, you know, like, like be it like minis or like towers or something. People are like, whoa, what the hell is that? You know, like that's kind of like one of those things like King Domino and Queen Domino. When you're like, hold on one second, like, you know, I just, you know, I just picked this up. I just want to make sure everything's there. And like, you just like put some of the towels on the, like the board, you know, like out and like you're quote unquote counting them. <laughs> it's like, once they kind of see stuff, it's like, what is this? It's like, like you make all these cool kingdoms and you got to like do combos and everything. And, you know, like you score points for like, like uh, castles and like mines. And yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it's kind of cool. And it's like, oh, you know, like, maybe we can try it. Like sometimes like that actually works, you know? Yeah, I think that that does make sense. Like lately, we've been trying to get Logan to play a game with us, and he just like he just cares about video games more than anything, you know. And it's not like we don't really like let him play a ton, but like sometimes on the weekends we'll let him play a little bit because he is a he works hard at school and everything else. So you know, it's nice to give him a little bit of a reward because he you know does so well. But trying to get him to play a board game lately, it's just like oh my god, <laughs> seriously. Just come over and hang out with us. We're your family. We love you. Come on, hang out, you know? And, like, that even happened with Poetry Slam. Like, we, me and Tracy uh, tried it out before he played with us, before our review or whatever. And he looked at it, he's like, and he's like, oh, what's this? You know, and we kind of told him about it. He's like, oh, that looks kind of neat, you know? And Tracy's like, do you think you'd play that with us sometime? He's like, yeah, I think I would play that with you sometime, you know? Then the, another weekend comes around and we're like, Logan, we're going to do this, you know, we're going to play this game and you're going to come play. Ugh, I don't want to, you know, it's like, dude, give me a break. Come on over. Let's play, you know. And then after he sat down, we got everything out. We kind of, you know, showed him the way like Tracy kind of helped him out to kind of get going because he's like, he's like, I'm really bad at rhyming. And I'm, we're like, just try, you know, we, excuse me, we're not going to, we're not going to you know, deduct points if you can't figure it out or whatever, you know, and we'll just kind of get going. And once he started playing, he was just like, wow, I, I really like this, you know? And, uh, and if you've, if you heard the review of, of, uh, Logan's review of Poetry Slam, he goes, he, uh, he's like, we're like, what do you think the, think of the game? He's like, I love it. It's the tops. And I was like, (laughs) it's like number one, where where did that phrase come from? And number two, that's awesome that you that you like it, you know. So I think sometimes just getting somebody to sit down and play a game sometimes works instead of just going, you know what? Here's this and here's that and la la la. Because then some people are just like, well, even with the best explanation, some people may just hear it in the back of their head and go, eh, that doesn't really sound like anything. That's my bag. But then once you get to playing it, then it may change your tune. Yeah, it's like sometimes like that, the thing like the by virtue of just starting, that's what make other people want to get in it too. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, do you want to play? Like, no. And you're like, okay. And you start up with whoever does want. Yeah, yeah. And then people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. maybe I'll try. Yeah, exactly. You know? 
And, you know, even doing that at like, if you're like at a con or something like that, or if you're having a bunch of people at your house and they've got a bunch of different tables, you know, it's like, well, I've got this, this, and this. And everybody just is like, well, I don't really care about these other couple of games. It's like, oh, well, you know what? You know, maybe it's something you just set up and put in a corner and say, you know what? We'll just have everybody kind of look at it for a little bit and see if, you know, it sparks any interest or if you can get that one other person to play it or whatever, then maybe you play it and it gets everybody else's piques their interest. You know, maybe even something where like you even play it up a little bit, you know, say you want to play a party game and everyone's just kind of like, eh, I'm not really good at party games and stuff like that. And you decide to play that party game and you start kind of getting a little riled up and, you know, being like, Oh, Hey, look at, we're having fun over here, but not in a, like in a dick way, you know, where it's like, we're having a fun over here and you're not, you know, but like, it's more of like, Hey, we're having fun. You guys want to join? We're cool. We're having fun. You know, maybe that'll spark some interest too. We had that um, one time, like when we were going to play cockroach poker, um, which is actually pretty dope. But like we had something similar where it was like, we asked people, you know, who's in and only like two or three people like, Oh yeah. And everyone's like, oh, I don't know. Once we started it, people saw like how the game was going. And it's like, Oh, you know, can I get in the next hand? Can I get in the next hand? And it was great. Cause like it went from like, everyone that didn't want to play to all of those people playing the next round when we were done. Yeah. And it was great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, it is sometimes hard to introduce that. And, and it's kind of funny. Cause like, I think back to like when we were talking about the whole like teaching games where it's like, you know, sometimes it's like you might have to suggest to people like, Oh, check out this video before we play or these other things. And it's kind of funny because even though the whole concept behind that is once we get together, we can start playing. People are like, watch a video, no thanks. And then they're on YouTube for like nine hours. <laughs> and you're like, really? Like, you, you can watch this, you know, music video 14 times over and you can watch all this other crap and you can tell me how these three movies you watched the other night sucked on Netflix. But that 15 minute how to play video, just too much time. Huh? <laughs> just too much for you. Yeah, exactly. It's like that is something that like ties into the, the concept too, where it's like, you know, one of those things that I've also find sometimes is like, if you can't get the game that you want to the table, try to fish out what they're looking for. You know, it's like, like, you know, with your family, if they're like, oh, you know, I just want to play cards, you know, it's like, okay, like, you know, I got this game diamonds or something like maybe we can play diamonds, you know, it's like, you like spades, you like cards. Well, this is the next version. Like this is diamonds. Let's play that. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, so sometimes you might have to take the step back. Like, you know, you you want to do some Altiplano or something like that, but it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Sometimes you got to bite the bullet as much as it sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to say, the last thing I would always say, too, is, like, sometimes, like, the idea of, like, maybe, like, pulling out your group. Like, you know, it's like, like, look, you know, like, what is it, what is it you want to do? Like, do you like adversarial? Do you guys want to do some more co-op? Like, what do you want to try that's, you know, what do you guys want to do? Like, you know, like, what feeling do you want to get? can help you narrow down a title. Yeah. You know, like that might, you might be able to find the thing in your collection. You're like, Oh damn, you know, we haven't played this one for a while. Like we haven't done Rattlebone for a while. Like, you know, maybe like that'll be fun to break out with the people. Cause if, if they're just, you know, like take for example, your friend was like, Oh, you know, I take Monopoly. I like this, like, like the old school stuff. You can just be like, Hey, you know what? Like Rattlebones kind of customizes nice. It's like, that's oh, like Monopoly where the dice change. Well, you'll see, you know, things like that. It's also another reason why gateway games are awesome to have, even if you don't play them that often. It's like you never know when you need it for family night. Yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> so if if you have like some struggles of 
introducing games to your gaming group and you know different players and stuff like that or if you have strategies that have worked for you let us know um join our facebook group on facebook wow that was terrible and then uh join us <laughs> on twitter at mfgcast and let us know because we always like to be in the know of what you think so let us know so until next time thanks for listening i'm kurt and this is d wyatt and this was the mfg cast thanks for listening legends of tabletop podcast creating legends one die at a time